1: So we've got an exclusive true crime interview today with a member of a legendary family out of London. And if you've not heard of Roy Shaw and Gary Shaw, we're talking up there with the craze. So don't need to say much more than that than just to thank Gary for coming all this way today and coming on.
2: Yeah, it's not a problem.
1: Yeah. Do you want to tell... The viewers, we got a lot of viewers in America as well. Just what it was like growing up for you in the family.
2: Well, uh, growing up, we say he got put away. Uh, He got he got fifteen years for armed robbery in '63, and he got put away. I think it was about two or three days after I was born. Uh, So I never really grew up. Never really grew up with him. But uh, all all I was told was he worked for the Queen. So you know, anyone asked at school, yeah, my dad works for the Queen. I didn't know he was like uh, sat sewing mailbags and whatever. But you know, that's what it was. I didn't really get the gist of it uh, until we got out. Uh, And then we always had police coming around our house, trying to asking me mum questions about things, and you know, you know, just just harassment, general harassment, really. You know, trying to find out where his money was or whatever, or or if they if they knew where so and so was and whatever. You know, but yeah, but basically growing up, I never really, till he got out of prison, I never really un- understood who he was or what he was. And how did that realisation set in then? Uh, well, see, so me and my sister, we, we grew up, we took like, my mum was Maltese. Uh, she never sp- hardly spoke any English. So we had a free reign. What we'd done, we was out shoplifting and just being little rascals, basically. Uh, so, you know, when when he came out and he when he never lived with us, but he, he came out and we, we started seeing him. Uh and then he started instilling his like bits of discipline on us. Uh and he you know, and, and a few morals and, you know, a bit of how out treat people, about respect and whatever. Yeah. So was Roy bullied? Uh well apparently he was bullied he was bullied at school. Because, uh, he like me, I was tiny when I was when I was uh, young. I'm not tall now, but uh so he was he was the same sort of stamp as me, very small. Uh never, never really grew until he was about eighteen, nineteen, and the same as what I same as what I was. Uh so yeah, he he was bullied. Uh but he he, he could whack, he could punch. So How did he become such a good fighter? Oh, well, I don't know, you it's it's not the case. it's a natural thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh you can you can be taught to box or whatever. But to to be able to fight is a different thing altogether, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you've got that inherent skill, there's a few people that Jamie's been. Um, was it Sykes? Mm. He's, he was from that era, wasn't he as well? Yeah. There was a few others. Don McLean. He was.
2: Wasn't he, he a singer? Or Lenny McLean? McLean. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, was, uh, uh, it was on Cracker Jack, wasn't he? Don McLean, wasn't it? Is that the one? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Cracker Jack, remember that? <laughs> yeah. We well, that word in ages yeah, we're sharing our age now,
1: aren't we? Bloody hell. Half of them are in prison now, aren't they? from the programmes we used to watch. Yeah. Rolf Harris. Rolf, yeah, well. Jimmy, he's dead, isn't he? Fucking hell, yeah. All right, so I've been watching all these videos then about Roy on YouTube and just... Are you all right to run, especially the American viewers, through the Malta story? Because I found that just absolutely fascinating. Why, why he was there and what happened?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, uh, he was at, he was at drinking with my mother, and uh, the Maltese people are very religious, strict Catholics. Uh, and there's a few things you, you you can say and you can't say, in Malta. and you can't disrespect like the, the Madonna or Jesus or anything like that. So he was in a bar and uh, he's got a drink and he's he's gone. He's got his drink and he's threw it over the like uh, the Virgin Mary <laughs> and he's and he's the actual words which is "Madonna." And so now that's it. They've all turned on him. So uh, he's had to get out and they was they was cowered up and there was there was all people kind of fighting with him and he was fighting here left right and centre. Uh, the, the, the police come and. Uh, they split him off. They, then he went back in the bar and there was uh the like the big old man of mortar. He was in there. Uh f- so like he he thought, well it's gonna come on top here. So uh what he'd done, he done, he sent me mum home and he he, he he to keep face he stayed in the bar. Uh so he the the Filippo kept buying him drinks. So he he'll drink two, then he'll go in the toilet. And make himself sick because he thought that, you know, as soon as they're going to get him drunk, they're going to beat him up. And this went on all night. And then, but they, get, they become good friends after that. You know, so, you know, I think, well, uh, he he died a few years ago, but uh, his, his sons are now still in Malta now, so. Yeah. Have you got any st- other stories of things that happened like that? Uh, well, there's a few tales, but I can't really tell them. But, really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, don't incriminate that. No. Well, no, no, no. Even though he's dead, some people are still alive. So. Now, I've got, I've got stories about him, Whereas uh like things he used to get up to, and not it? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, he, was, uh, he was very well endowed. And uh, we, it, was one, it was one bank holiday Monday, and we was at uh, the Epping Forest Country Club. And he's come out of the changing rooms. And uh, it was me and my sister and uh, my wife, we was all there. And he's come out of the changing rooms, and he's got this... Pair of cycling shorts on. You know, the really tight lycra ones. Yeah. And he's like, it's hanging down his leg. Looking like Linford Christie. And, well, no, Lin- Linford Christie would be jealous. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, honestly yeah, I'll, I'll take after me mother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as, as, as I say, he's come out and, oh, God, no. no. Like, and I was like fluorescent. Like, like yellowy sort of, no. She's gone, Dad. You can't come out with him. He's said, "What? What's wrong with him?" Because he was he was a fit man. He yeah, was like a, I'm going back. He's got to be like 25, well, 30 years, and he was like a he was like fit, very fit, well built, you know. And if if it wasn't for the fact that he had this huge man member, like it would have, you know, it wouldn't have been too bad. It would have it would have carried it off, but it was just that was like embarrassing. It was like, that that was one, but you know, he went home, he got changed. You know, got to have a pair of shorts. and that was that. But
3: probably hard to have a conversation. Cause you, know, I kept, you, you just keep on looking at that, wouldn't you? It's, it's one of those yeah. things. Sticks and you get in it. All the well, room. yeah. Well, I so say
2: he's 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 going to urinals with him, and uh, people <sighs> stand there. And what he'd do, he'd, he'd slap the side of the urinal, <laughs> and, then, and then and then he'll it will just pull round and just say like that, like should, and and people <laughs> doing windmills.
4: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: Yeah, so Jamie sent in some questions to ask you. He said that Roy's dad died when he was only 10. He flung himself on top of the coffin as it was going down. And um, how huge an issue in his life was this for him to deal with?
2: Well, I don't know, because I never spoke to my dad about that. It's something, yeah. something that you never, never really spoke to me about, so yeah. I can't really comment on it.
1: Okay. So Roy began boxing just after his dad died and went on to do great things. Um, you've already said that he was a natural fighter he left school realised he wasn't going to get a 9 to 5 job so he began his blags which included armed robberies was that when he turned into a professional criminal
2: Uh yeah well it's a say uh, one one of my uncles he was a, a bit of a rascal and my dad when he left school he was working in a wood in a, in a woodyard uh, he was humping wood around this that and the other and uh like my Uncle Terry used to come out and he used to be like, all suited and booted, yeah. all the nice stuff. And like my dad said, well, how did you get that? He said, come, come do a bit of work with us. And that's what he done. That's how he started. And, uh, you know, started off little blags, post offices, you know. You know, they, they evolved into security vans and banks and whatever.
1: And how old were you at that point? How old was I? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't born. That you was, wasn't even born yet.
2: No, no, that, that was uh, early 60s, well, late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. You know, it just say he was well, from, from late fifties. He was in and out and he, like ball stall that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and how did he build his association
2: with other crime families? I don't know. I think with London and because it was it was so cl- it was so close knit like not like it is now. Yeah. there's so many people there, but everyone knew everyone there and and. Uh, Stories, I don't know, like, like Chinese whispers or whatever. Stories would be said in one place, and then it would get over to the other, over to the other side of London. And then, in, in, in between that time of it going over to London, that that increased tenfold. Like, hmm. yeah, so and so knocked out one bloke, you know. But by the time it gets to like South London, he's yeah, he took he, the whole pub he, on. Yeah, he took the old pub on, and and their mothers, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. So was he a lone wolf, or was he put in working for the families? No, he's uh, he's always he's always been on his own. He's he's always floated but you know he's his friend he's been friends with everyone.
4: Yeah.
2: Uh he's fallen out with lots of people. Uh I've so say I've got some of these on these tapes that I've got, there's some good stories there what uh, what are in his words. We're gonna have to edit some of them. Yeah uh, to like for the names and whatever. Yeah. Uh but you know there's some really good stories with, with like with big families and whatever. So what's the tapes? Uh what well, well basically there, there is tapes in his words. What he's what he spoke when he was when he was writing another book, when he was writing his book uh, Their tapes weren't never got, not listened to. Yeah, uh, the you know so basically, it, it's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, are there any of those stories that you've listened to that you can
2: say today? Uh, not really. You got to keep that for. Not, you know, just yeah. get, I, I put a I, you know I put a, I put a clip on Facebook the other day about uh he was talking about Frankie Fraser when they when they had the. Grocery and it was just a brief clip of you know what happened. They, they found him in a strongbox, so they kicked through the roof, yeah. took him down a cup of coffee, and that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, but it's just it's just a little taster. Yeah, uh, more well, more to come. Of well, people watching this
1: will want to um, find your Facebook, and we're gonna below the video, we're gonna put all of your links.
2: Mm. So, what is the Facebook page called? Yeah, uh, well, we've got uh, Royal R.I.P. Yeah, uh, and that's 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 where all the clips and That going.
1: Okay, so if you're watching, viewers, go and check that out on Roy Shaw R.I.P. All right, so the next one that Jamie sent in. Roy would spend many years locked away in some of the most dangerous prisons. He was Cat A, which is Supermax for the Americans, for eight years and was deemed to be one of the most powerful and dangerous men in the prison system do you have any stories of your dad's antics in the various
2: jails? Yeah, he, uh, he I can't remember, uh, can't remember what prison it was, but he actually punched the door of the hinges. Uh, He's the only person who, it, he, the only, he, yeah, he just smashed the door of his hinges. Seen that on a video. Uh, and it, and it, people, people, uh he was, they was going to make a film and the scripts were written, and they kept putting it down as a wooden door, uh, and he kept, they went through about six or seven scriptwriters because uh, they wouldn't put down the true story of him smashing down the prison door. They're not going to have a wooden door in prison, are they? You know uh, what I mean? Well, you know, unless, unless it was a cupboard or something. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, lock I mean. him in a cupboard. Yeah, and, yeah but, and that was, yeah, basically that, you know, uh, that was one of them. It, and like screws, he used to like whacking a screw. Uh, if, if, if screws were, like, beating up on someone, he will he'll join in and uh, take out the screws. Do you know what motivated him to bang the door in? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but it was it was it was easy. It wasn't it wasn't hard to upset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was in a place called uh, Parver, 1982. He came up to visit me. Uh, he came up with my sister and his then girlfriend, Dorothy. And there you got a two-hour visit. Now I can't remember. I think the visiting started at one o'clock. So at 3 o'clock, they come to my cell. Well, about 10 to 3, they come to my cell and got me. And uh, she's got a visit. I thought it's a bit, bit late. So I went down, went down. bit left it a bit late. She so said, we've been sitting outside like, since, like, past 12. So they have kept him waiting. So I said, oh, OK, right. So we sat there. I had me two hour visit. They kept coming up, going, can you go? It, because it was all the screws from when he was in, because it was 82. So it was a lot of them were still in the system, and they all knew him. So, uh, like, so we sat there for... Like, I had my two hours and everything. And then uh, oh, oh, I'm so sure blah, blah, blah. he went. So I went straight down the block, uh, missed me tea and everything. The uh, governor's on the Monday morning. Uh, I explained to him what happened, but I, st- I still got like two weeks loss of remission. But, uh, wow. Um. So
1: when he was in the Cat prisons, was he in various ones? Yeah. He, he,
2: yeah, uh, I, I think he's been practically in every prison in the country at the time. Yeah, You know, so Broadmoor, he spent like four or five years in there. So. And were you visiting him in Broadmoor? Yeah, yeah, visited him. That was uh, a yeah, quite an experience. I used, to, used to enjoy going there because it was like had big gardens and it was a huge, impressive building. Mm. You know, it was a, uh, you know, it it, it was like a, a country park. All the all the lawn, all the lawns laid beautiful little plant out with beautiful flowers and whatever. Yeah. You know, but then yeah you know, and and that, there wasn't it wasn't screws, they was nurses. So yeah. that, that that was a big difference. It wasn't it didn't seem official, if you know, Yeah. You know, so. so what high profile prisoners were in the visitation there? Oh, there was there was all sorts in there, murderers and child molesters. Mm. There was there was one, there was a young boy in there. Well say so he was a young boy, he was I think he was about eighteen, nineteen but he was poisoning people with tea. <sighs> uh he, put, he he that's what he he did uh, a poisoner, he, he killed loads of people, killed his family and whatever. Jesus. Yeah, no, so yeah, there was you know plenty of <laughs> strained ones in there. It was one of the craze in there around that time? Uh not when we was there. Not yeah. when not when my dad was there. Yeah. You know, that, that was uh, I f I don't think I they was there till the late sixties, uh early seventies, well until until uh, they died, didn't they, so, so, it's like a mental facility, is it?
1: But it's a yes, maximum it, security mental facility. What
2: they, what they used to do, they used to they used to have the, the light for the for people with mental illness.
0: Yeah,
2: and people they couldn't control. Yeah. Uh, but so in the first two years of my dad getting his fifteen, mm. he lost all his remission. Uh, so basically, I don't know, cut him off
4: there.
2: Mm. Uh, he, he would he would have still probably still would have been in there. He would have died in there probably. Yeah. Uh, if it, if it wasn't for a few people pulling a few strings and got him back out into the mainstream prisons. Yeah. Uh, f- he got, he, say, he, he, you know, he, he got a bit of remission back and he, he got out, I think, 10, 12 years. So. Yeah.
3: Do you have a good side and downside then, because the good side is you're right, the nurses and it's not really like a prison, but the downside is they have the power to keep you for as long as they want. Oh,
2: Jesus, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's the same with just like like that HMPs and whatever. Yeah, you know, you know. Well, what's, it, what's the what's the new one they call it now? The IPP thing. Yeah, the IPP, but uh, yeah, yeah we, we, we can't get out, You know, it's just it's terrible. It's mad, isn't it? No, yeah, I say a very close friend of mine, her son. The yeah. lead know, standing on the cable like a <laughs> thug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do apologise about this. Please keep this in for the viewers' amusement. And <laughs> <laughs> um, just. You're out there now on Front of the Street, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Chesting, five, four, three, two, one, bollocks. Okay. So you were just describing then?
2: Yeah, no, as I say, a very good friend of mine, her son, he's, uh, he's got an IPP. Uh, he's, he's been in uh, he's only he went in as a young fellow, he had a silly fight. Uh, no one was seriously hurt, obviously, but they—they—they they, they I think it was the lot and out, so they—they they, they, bang, they banged him away, and hes he has got no chance of parole at the minute or nothing. Terrible, I
3: think it's wrong. I think it's torture. gives him nothing, gives him nothing to look forward to. Well, does well, it?
2: Well, well, not when you've got the likes of these people. They go out, they—they they molest kids, and then they're out in like two, or three years. You know,
1: on this channel, we're calling for an end to the war on drugs and a beginning to the war on paedophiles. Yeah. Instead of the cops putting all these resources into just shaking kids down for weed and telling us they can't go after the political paedophiles, they haven't got the resources.
3: I say death to all paedophiles. It's all
2: upside down, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, completely like, upside down. A good friend of mine, he does a lot of work for uh, like the like the the, the the underprivileged black children around yeah. uh, East London and that, and the gangs and that. Yeah, uh, and some of the stories he's told me, he is. It's horrendous and frightening. A thirteen or fourteen year olds, they go around and they stab. Uh, Is what they do? They, they 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 stab another one up the jacksie, so they have to have a bag. So you know, uh, just 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 for a bit of a reputation and all, all through drugs wars and whatever.
1: Yeah, if they decriminalised it and the government took over, they wouldn't all be fighting over the illegal black market. With knives and guns, God give you them. You know what I mean?
3: If you go and have a beef with
1: someone, use your hands. And our first, one of our very first podcast guests, he was IPP and he was at doing activism against IPP and he pissed off a governor or someone high up in the prison service. So they recalled him. So he's back in now indefinitely. And he's got some hearing coming up in a few months, but we're all just like praying that he's going to not get back out
2: again because he's a good guy. Yeah, I was, I was there. Someone, someone put me on to a young fella the other day, Ben. He rang me up. He's just, he's just got out. He's just done a 10. Yeah, uh, he's, he done a bit of time in Broadmoor, so we had a chat, and uh, you know, he's he's got into the boxing now. So yeah, we had, we had a chat about uh, getting into boxing, and like this is through through my mate Alan, and uh, yeah, he, so hopefully they're doing a documentary on him, mm. so that will be on the telly, so that'd be a good interesting thing to follow up on.
1: Yeah, maybe put him in touch. One of the worst things is not knowing when you're ever going to get out. Oh. I felt because I was fighting the case for 26 months in Arizona. Yeah. Facing a maximum 200 years, the others a serious drug offender status. I was at the point where fuck, rest of my life, and yeah, I'm just gonna slash my mm. wrist, you know. So to be perm to be sentenced to IPP, and never know when you're getting out, that, that would just fuck your head right up, I, I reckon.
2: Yeah.
3: Worth the enough. same as Broadmoor and Parkhurst, they don't know when they're gonna get out. No, of course it's, not. It takes two
1: doctor signatures, otherwise you're in there. Really? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. You haven't got a date. <sighs>
1: Because you've got some people acting crazy, haven't you, thinking they're going to get, like... Well, that's the worst thing. So you get
3: people who act like it to get there because you think they've got a cushy number, they don't realise that it's a lot... Of, it might be that's and then, but you could be there 30 years from now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And by the time you've took all the pills they are giving you and that,
1: you acting, you've turned that way. I had a soulmate who was doing the acting, he was going around with skids kids to thanes, and in the court he was like, Yelling, I want to suck off the judge. <laughs> <laughs> all in hard time. Free to download at my website. Now,
2: no, so, so my daddy he got out of, uh, he got out of the army because of a, uh, he because what he, he couldn't t- he couldn't take discipline. No, and uh, he kept, he kept whacking like the officers and sergeants and whatever, and he kept spending all the time in a, like a glass house, what they called it. So it, <clears throat> that's what he'd done. he done. He pretended he was hearing voices and. Uh, and he said it like instead of getting a big lump of bird, he, he got chucked out dishonourable discharge. He'd done it he done a little I've done six months or whatever in there, but
3: yeah. I can imagine a Sergeant Mayor getting up in your dad's face shouting at him. He'd, he'd just get bang, there <laughs> bang.
4: Alright,
1: so next thing that Jamie sent in is when your dad got out after his 18 year sentence. He began a career of unlicensed boxing. His first fight was against the unbeaten king of the gypsies, Donnie the Ball Adams.
2: Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, it started off uh, when he actually got out. He, uh, he was short of money, so he, started, he, went, he was going to the gypsy fairs and he was uh, doing the bare knuckle fighting. Uh, and it was like, they he say he was earning good money doing that. Yeah. Uh, but Donnie, Donnie Adams was the king of the gypsies. So it, the fight was put together, uh, and well, first of all, it was put down as a fight to the death. So the media, got, the media got actually got hold of this, and uh, you know, it it, it it went countrywide, all over the news. All self tickets, it's not Yeah. Oh, yeah, all <laughs> the news channel, the newspapers, everything, BBC, ITV, it was all over it. And it was uh, so it was going to be in a, uh, on a farm in a tent. So. Me and Mrs, we went up, we turned up there. We got interviewed on, on the telly and that, but the fight was called off because uh, they wouldn't let it go. So it went, so what they, because it was going to be about knuckle, so what they'd done, there, they re-advertised it as, like, with gloves. But what they was going to do, if it went past the, third, the first round, it was, all all the boys were going to get round, lock their arms, keep, keep the old bull out, the gloves would come off. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll have a proper tear up with no, with, like, with no gloves on. Uh, we didn't come to that. Uh, he, he stopped on the Adams in, in about 30 seconds. Yeah. He, he was that frustrated. He kept... He hit he, him he, 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 two or three times. He went over. And he was that frustrated he kept picking him up come to come, oh, on, yeah. come and get up, come and get up and, oh, and, and yeah. hit him again. So it was, it, it was, you know, it was quite an experience.
3: You know. Did you... As I, I like, seen your dad, did he have a fiery temper? Not towards you, but did, in the house... Was he like a different person? No,
2: nah, he, he, he had a fiery temperature. Uh. I, I remember one time, uh, you know, he, he, he was him and my mum was around. So I can't put, like, like stop because your mum was protective. So, yeah, 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 yeah. What are you doing? Like, um, he said, Well, what are you going to do? I said, oh, I think I was about 12, 13. I said, Well, oh, what are you going to do? I said, I'll you with that rolling pin. So he's picked a rolling pin and he's like smashing himself around the head with it. Fucking yeah. hell! <laughs> like, you are gonna hit me that? I lock myself in my all bedroom,
3: Dad. Right. Yes. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, night, night. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Love you, Dad.
1: <laughs> the fights he had then
2: were a lot of the people his opponents hospitalised afterwards. No, it's, it's, it's you know it's like any boxing fight. You know, it's, it, it if it's well managed and you've got medical staff there, what well, I suppose it was. Yeah. I remember St John's ambulance being there. Yeah. Uh no, like they had gloves on. You know, it's just the same as any any amateur boxing fight or professional boxing fight. Yeah. You know, people that you know it's not the first time they've put the gloves on. So, you know, they're all, they're all experts in, in what they was doing.
1: Yeah. 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 Perhaps it was Sykes then who um I think some American came over and they ended up in hospital for about a month after that fight. Yeah. All right then so we know Ron, Roy, and Lenny McLean weren't on each other's Christmas card lists, but they did have three infamous battles. What was the beef between them about? Did both of them make each other's names?
2: Well, <clears throat> well, same, so, uh, making each other's names. Uh, my dad was already not like, well known. Uh, he'd already, he said it already before before the Lenny fights, he'd had he had several fights, were all. You know, be, be being like monitored by the media and everything else. You know, it was, well, it was those it was all well covered. Uh, the the first fight, it, it, it was just another opponent for my dad, and my dad beat him. Uh, second fight, uh, my dad said he took some ginseng or whatever, but I, you know, you can't you can't have an excuse. That Lenny hit, Lenny hit him with some great punches and and stopped him, and as same same in the third fight. Uh, but, you know, third fight, I think I think my dad took about 30, 30 35 punches that he had, you know, before he went down. You know, it, you can't take that away from him, you know. But, yeah, uh, there, was, there wasn't, there wasn't I, mean, I think that was a big thing for my dad, you know, for, for his pride, uh, you know, for actually losing and not being able to, like, bring it back from that, but. You know, it's like you know, life goes on. I think he got over it in the end. But people watching this are going to
1: be like, where can we see these fights?
2: Well, there's the the first the first one that that's gone missing. That's that's never to be oh, seen again. That's a shame. Uh, yeah, but but the two the two with uh, Lenny beating like Lenny beating Roy, they're they're easily available on YouTube.
1: We'll put the link to that YouTube stuff. In the description box below the video, so if you want to check that out. Roy was a close friend of the Cray twins, Ronnie and Reggie. How did he find them two, and did he have much business dealings with them?
2: Uh, well, it, the the, path, the paths crossed obviously, like during the East End, like in the sixties. Uh, they, they never even they never trod on each other's toes. Uh. There was there was a story <clears throat> what my dad told me about him and a fellow called Dickie Sullivan. They had a bit of a shootout with him over one of uh, over one of like the crazy associates. But I think they all kissed kissed and made up after that. Uh, my dad used to send him money while I was in prison, and that sort of thing. And they kept in touch. He went to their funerals and whatever.
1: Respect thing in it between all of them around. Really, mm. Are you able to describe the circumstances of the shootout? Uh,
2: well. I can, but it, there's something in a book. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, yeah, but it's, it's basically a uh, one, one of uh, the the henchmen uh pulled a gun out on on my dad uh, and, and slapped him with it. Uh, slapped him with a, slapped him with a gun. So then it it, it all kicked off from there.
1: Yeah. And if people want to find the book, what's it called?
2: Uh, well, we haven't written it yet. Oh, you haven't written it yet? <laughs> nah.
1: Jamie's writing it for you. Yeah, yeah. we Gotcha, we're, gotcha.
2: Yeah, yeah that'll be out in a new year.
1: All right, so we can uh, add that back into this when it's published. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no problem. When Roy retired from his fighting, he then became a legitimate businessman, which saw him become a multimillionaire. How did he learn to be so shrewd Buying and selling property.
2: Well, he, he, he didn't. He had, he had some good people around him uh, who point, we pointed him in the right direction. And, you know, that's how, that's how he... You know, he, 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 he was a clever man. Uh, but it worked both ways. It's people who do him favours and point him in the right way and he'll do them favours. Yeah. You know, that's how it works. House prices were cheap back then. Yeah, but right, I remember he... Uh, he bought this huge, an old people's, own, a huge mansion type place in Upminster. I think it had about thirty bedrooms. Bloody hell! And uh, I think he would give about fifty or sixty grand for it because right. it come up with the right price, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm talking. This was a uh, 1980, 81. You know, uh, so, but it same. He, but and he, 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 he sold it for he sold it for a fortune and bought yeah. more, then bought more properties. Built a, uh, you know.
0: Cause
1: look at uh, Sakes, how he ended up, and you hear a lot of people they don't know how to invest the money, or they get ripped off, don't they?
2: Well, there's, there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, like the, the 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 clever villains are the ones you don't know. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know, the way, yeah, you know you get uh, well, you, you know, if you, if you're going to talk about stuff, you're going to get caught, aren't you? Yeah. If
1: you're going to
2: boast about stuff, you get caught. You know, I I know some what from from my dad. To, I know some old nasty proper villains, you know, but, but you wouldn't know because, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they, they they keep to themselves to themselves, you know. after
3: the old school ones are in Marbeyan places, aren't they?
1: Anyway? Yeah, yeah. If you look at Roy Shaw, he's exactly what he says on the tin in the small print, scary-looking man with a dark sense of humour. Have you got any more funny stories about him? Yeah. Uh,
2: You know, he used to have his party tricks. He used to eat glasses. He'd pick up a wine glass, a beer glass, and he will eat it. You know, you know. I thought yours, biting the top off, was a good one. He, he, he ate the glass? Oh, he used to eat the glass, yeah. He, he used to eat it right down to the stem. Yeah, and, and you know, and he, he never used to cut his mouth or nothing. Occasionally, he'll have little, you know. But, yeah, and, and he used to swallow it and everything. Just swallow it. Yeah, I tried. I tried it once. Just you, I tried to emulate them. Tried it once, and I didn't. I did like the taste of it. <laughs> that's for sure. <sighs> okay, <now. laughs> Just swallow it in my swallowed me own blood. Swallowed it. <laughs> well, I got go. I swallowed my own blood more than anything. But <laughs> you ever try that. Oh, I have not. Know. You hear
3: you know, people in, like, in the prisons that they'll get a bit of glass and they'll crush it up, and crush it up, and crush it up. And that's how they try and kill people. Oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. In the digestive system. Yeah. Wildman's well, party tricks was he'd, he'd let people taser him. He used to, he used to laugh. I just say, anyone just hit me as hard as you want in the face. I would not said that to your dad though. Roy <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. was never there. Yeah, I was always around women. Yeah, A woman yeah.
1: yeah. 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 um. <laughs> came up to me one day and so said, "That's nothing." I I tasered my pussy, and she grabbed the taser off him and tasered him. Clip right oh, in front of us. Yeah. Jesus. Is it fair to say Roy was a ladies' man?
2: Uh yeah. Yeah, but he was very he was very shy. He he was a very shy man. He he, he wasn't comfortable around women initially. Uh but it, but after he had a few vodkas or whatever, he was he started getting chatty and you know. Yeah. He came out of it himself. But when if he hadn't he, if he hadn't been drinking, he was very shy and very like reserved. I, I imagine that the- <laughs>
1: It must have gone around the block about his size as well in the
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's well, well, what he used to do. Like, he like he, he wouldn't he wouldn't do it to strangers or whatever, or right? but it yeah. it'd pull his willy out the top of his trousers and it put he didn't smoke, but he'd put a cigarette in it.
4: Put <laughs> a C- cigarette there? in it.
2: And he'd stand up there and it'd go, like like something, in the company in that and they he go, like, Have we got a light? And they go, oh. And then and he's just hanging there like <laughs> That's <laughs> really funny. Wild
1: wow Roy wasn't so much a debt collector but he would get asked to do things for money if people had been had over or if Roy says it like a liberty had been taken did he do a lot of that kind of work
2: well he'd, uh, just for argument's sake if, if if you went up to him and said look Roy someone's had me over for five grand and uh, you know can you sort out for me he'd go over, get the five grand back and uh, he'll keep the five grand and, but then he used to say, well, you know, I've got your back. It's like, you know, if any comebacks on it, come back, I've got your back. But, you know, they've saved face and he's got five grand.
1: So the people, when they sent him on that mission, did they know that would be the end result or did they think actually think they were going to get something back? They they were, they were going to get something back, no, no, I, don't,
2: I, don't. <laughs> I, I think you made it quite clear. Yeah, yeah it, I'm keeping it. Uh, yeah. You did make it quite clear.
1: Yeah.
3: So then at least they weren't getting punked. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the odds yeah. said they saved the face, and you, your dad got paid for it. That's
2: yeah, I well, that's fair. That. Like. I my mean, dad, dad, dad was very strange with money. Now you could go out of him, and you wouldn't put your hand in your pocket. He'd buy your drinks, and he'd buy your food, he'd do everything for you. But if you borrowed a pound off of him, he'd hunt you down for that pound.
3: Tough pound.
2: Yeah. If if he thinks you you borrowed a pound off him, he wants that pound back.
3: Taking liberties.
2: Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I, it was after one Christmas, and I had a job to do, and i had done. I've done all my money Christmas, and it was quite a big job, and I needed a bit of like money for materials. Yeah. So I can't remember. I think it was about fifteen hundred quid. So I said, like, can lend me fifteen hundred quid for these materials? He said, Yeah, but I want two grand back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my sister lent me to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're being serious. Yeah his <laughs> idea yeah. oh, if you're running out of it he wants to run out of it fairly enough as wow,
1: strict would you say your dad was an expert at violence he fought for so much for his life
2: uh, yeah he was definitely an expert yeah yeah definitely an expert so does that, does that
1: come from uh, military training as well then no just his natural <laughs> no dancing.
2: It was just, it was, he was just like uh, brought up on the streets he was an animal he, he was yeah. brought up in an era where everyone fought with their hands thanks you know? of the cobbles yeah yeah uh, you know don't, don't get me wrong I, he, he, he's used coshies and whatever but sometimes you have to yeah, in his line of what he was people he was mixing with and whatever I think particularly the American viewers will be
1: fascinated about that era what did you else did your parents tell you about that era for them growing up
2: uh, sorry, Sean.
1: The people in America probably interested about London mm. during the era. Your parents grew up. Was that like the wartime stuff? What What did your parents tell you about the growing up during that era?
2: Well, it it, it was it was post Second World War. So Okay, uh, it's bombed out then. Yeah, yeah. It was post Second World War. And it, it, everything was, yeah, everything was rationed, wasn't it? Yeah, still with rations and everything was like in, in, in short supply. Yeah. So to be able to get out and get stuff, steal stuff, or whatever you know, work for it, or, you know, you've you just done it. Just raw
1: survival. Yeah, of course it is,
2: yeah. yeah. What what part of London was that then? Yeah, it was uh, Stepney. Stepney. Yeah, East London, yeah. East London, You're yeah.
3: having to queue up for, like, some flour and butter. and
2: Yeah. Mad, isn't it?
3: And what did actually do? That, what did make with well,
2: it? it? was it was like that the other week, wasn't it? I really look <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, it was. Couldn't get <laughs> yeah. flour.
1: Yeah. we got a little taste <laughs> of it, Toil- we? Toilet paper. Toilet yeah. paper. Yeah. <laughs> In America, they ran out of toilet paper and guns.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. You did, didn't
3: I? I didn't get all the time to do all that toilet paper. I used to get free toilet paper. I'd go to some origins and ask them when you go on the toilets. And oh, they have the big toilet paper. Yeah. Just rip it off, fucking put it in your bag.
2: The big old roll. I don't really I mean. <laughs> I'm rubbing shoulders with the wrong paper. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: So we just interviewed um, Joe Powell Jr. Roy was close to Joe Powell Sr. Uh, any stories of his association with Joe Powell Sr. or, or any other crime figures we've not talked about?
2: I don't know. They, they, they was very close, uh, Joe and my dad. Uh, it broke my heart. When, 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 when Joe died, it broke, it broke my dad's heart. And I think that was the... Because me nan died also around about the same time. Yeah. And that was the start of him going downhill. You know, sir. So, but yeah, no. Uh, they, they say, they, Joe done a lot of done a lot of things to help my dad out, especially, like, especially getting him out of Broadmoor and things like that. Yeah. He, he took Joe, Louis, down to visit my dad. Uh, you know, he'd he done a lot for me, Dad.
1: For people who don't know who Joe Powell Sr. is, how did his relationship with Roy come about, and you know, what
2: who was he? Sean, just explain to the viewers. Well, uh, Joe was a uh, an old time gangster, basically. Uh, he was he was involved with a few American families like mafia and that, uh. But basically, th- through through the sixties and seventies, a lot through the Crays, Richardson's and whatever, they all worked together. Yeah, they're now sad they got to know each other.
1: Yeah. Roy began getting ill around two thousand and seven, and suffered for the last five years of his life. I know this is different from, but what's the full story? For those who don't know, Roy, I've read that the people around him who were supposed to be his friends even stole off him in the end. Is that right?
2: yeah oh, that's fact, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. But he, he, uh, he, he, got, he got out of it for a lot of money by one yeah. woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and as I said to you, if you borrowed a pound off of him usually, you know, he'd hunt you for it. But he, he, he just couldn't remember nothing, didn't know what was going on. Uh, yeah, people came around his house, knocking on his door, selling him flowers, like a box of flowers for like like eighty eighty quid, hundred quid for like two quid worth of flowers.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, but he didn't know he just didn't know what was going on. Jesus, second yeah. liberty, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's people people. It, if you went, if you didn't know, if he didn't know you, you'd knock on his door. He'd invite you in. Oh, yeah. you coming? You're coming? And all these photographs went missing. All sorts of things. Oh man. Yeah, so you know, I, I was so it's, I was living a. I live in Lincolnshire yeah. it's about 130 miles away so you know my sister, my sister took low. she had loads of, uh, lot of pressure on her because she had she had to do most of it well, you know I got down done what I could when I could yeah you know but earth uh, you know what goes around comes around to a lot of these people yeah do not of there course now.
1: yeah it's fucking heartbreaking to hear that how should Roy be remembered what kind of legacy did he leave
2: well is this. He, he was he was the the pioneer of unlicensed boxing really in this in this country from the seventies up till now it's still going it's still being talked about uh, his his fights are you know they're legendary now. So he was the governor. Sorry. He was the governor. He was at the time, yeah. Yeah. Now uh, now no, there's a governor title now. You know, it's, I I don't know who they are or whatever, but uh, it's not the same.
3: No, we had one on not long ago. Some guy called um, Hecky. He said oh. he's the governor. And we had another Gary Furby on. He said yeah. he's the governor. I'm the governor's come to bed, don't right. I mean.
1: Yeah, there's some drama over that title, isn't there? All right, so with Jamie Boyle, best-selling author, who we've had on the podcast a few times, you did a book called Mean Machine. Yeah. So what's that about?
2: Well, basically, that was uh, an insight into his life story, his life story my dad. Uh, it put a few, few few put a few things straight, uh, truths. Of what you know, what what other books have put out? What ain't true? So, you know. So basically, that was that was the reason why we brought it out. We we brought it out pretty quick, but now we can, now we've got the time, and the inclination to put a book back, put, book together properly with so more information.
1: What untruths were circulating that you corrected?
2: Well, it's just. It's just certain things of uh, what what weren't reading right, you know. People can make up their own mind, if, you know, if they read if they read both books. Yeah, yeah, you I know, so.
3: Couldn't you sue them other books for being liable?
2: Well, no, because that was it was it was all signed off by my dad. So, ah, oh, right, you right, know, right, you know, it's it's, it's there's nothing liable about it. It's just the uh, it was uh, exaggerated, yeah, uh, in some points. Now there was one point where. Uh, my dad threw someone off a balcony. Now, he said, second-story balcony. But basically what it was, it was a balcony. And I wouldn't want to be thrown off of it. But it, it, the, the drop, from, drop from the top of the balcony to the ground, because it was underneath it, it was a built-up bank, was about five foot. So, you know, because I used to jump up, jump off it when I was a kid. Yeah. But, you know, he, he, he bashed this fella up and threw him over it, you know. I, mean, I remember coming home to school and there was blood everywhere, but... So there wasn't like a hundred foot drop out. Nah, nah.
1: The new book is going to be called The Lost
2: Tapes. I don't know. I'm to, I think it's going to be called True Stories. Oh,
1: is it? Yeah. Okay. Is there anything? I know you don't want to reveal too much, but can you just give a little
2: teaser on what people can expect in that? Basically, yeah. There's a bit of insight in, in like for the, uh, the, the Craze gang and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, the falling outs and a bit of his uh, army career. Yeah. Uh, been in a, in, in a glass house or strongbox, whatever they called it. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. So, you know, there's it, it, a good few stories on there.
3: Did when he, it's out, buy the book and uh, you'll get the
1: whole proper stories. Did he ever tell you what motivated him to join the army? <laughs> yeah, national service. <laughs> 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 the latter. <laughs> so that's the questions that Jamie sent in, Gary. So we need to get onto your story now.
2: No, I ain't got one. You ain't got <laughs> one?
1: <laughs> All right, so for growing up for you then, you know, having this huge figure and, and realising he was in this, this life of crime, did that normalise that lifestyle to
2: you? Yeah. Yeah, it's because, uh, well, I was... Sorry, me, me and my sister grew up. We was out. We, we was little rascals. We was out shoplifting. Uh, we, we didn't know. We never had no choice. Yeah. Like like My dad, dad was working for the Queen. We had nothing. We had no money. So if I wanted choice I'd, I'd go and take some from the shop.
3: If your Stop. dad was out, would he have said anything about you, like robbing?
2: Probably, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But he well, so the thing is, I, I I got nicked for like, for, 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 like all the eighties. I got nicked for fighting all the time, just fighting, fighting, getting yeah. put in prison for fighting. And uh, he got older than me. This was uh about 83, 84. And he sat me down, he said, Look, if you wanna what's the point of doing all this bird? For nothing. You're getting nothing out of it. but he said, If you if you wanna like go into a life of crime or whatever, he said, I'll set you up with a little firm, you go out, do your blags, uh you know, and and you choose what life you want. Or, or get a trade.
3: Put a one on percentage. <laughs> he said, get, yeah,
2: get a trade. He said, because now, this day and age, everyone's a grass, and they've got all this all cam- everywhere's cameras, everything, everything. Now he's not wrong. So he said, you know, so I, I took his advice. I got a trade. I got City and gills in Brooklyn, innit. Uh, and carried on from there. What was it like in school for you? Uh, I didn't go that much. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah it wasn't, I was. I was. So it was. It was hard. It was hard. School was hard because I was. I had nothing. with scruffy little kids. Yeah. You know? I got, I got bullied as well. To start with, but you know, was it a prominent white school or black school? Uh, white it was a white, yeah. But I say the one of them, like kid who I grew up with, David. He, he, he was black. It was the only black kid in the school. Yeah, that, uh, David and Debbie. Uh, but you know, nobody was that close. friends, you know. But because me, my mum, my mum was Maltese. Now, she like she looked Indian. So I I used to, I used to get called packy and everything. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'm. You know, I I'd suffered suffer racial abuse and whatever. You know what I mean? So, what was your favourite food, like Maltese? Like a typical Maltese dish? Oh no, cheesecakes, pasties. Oh, cheesecakes. Yeah, pistizzi. Yeah, it's like a ricotta cheese in a in a mm. flaky pastry. Lovely. And bigilla. That's like a. It's like a hummus paste with biscuits. It's nice. Very healthy stuff, isn't it? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. No, you would not believe it. Uh, rabbit as well. I like a bit of rabbit. I've
3: never had rabbit.
1: Peter was in Mexico for a bit. Got started to like the Mexican, didn't you? Yeah. So did I had Mexican food. Mm. Do you like that? I, I love. Yeah, I love. I love hot food. Yeah. I like the, the spices, spices, Yeah. 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 I, gro-
2: I grow my own. I grow my own chilies. Like, oh, do you? you know, the jalapeno. Uh, the habaneros. Uh, abanero habaneros oh. and that sort of thing.
3: Yeah. But even at breakfast, was, uh, you know, you'd have eggs and chilies and so. Uh, for breakfast time, you wouldn't think about having it now. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> on the cheese and top. Yeah.
1: Hot peppers. <laughs>
2: yeah. Eggs rancho.
1: What was your first arrest?
2: Uh, first arrest, shoplifting. Shoplifting? No, actually, my first, my first time I was in a police car.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, you can't believe it. I was four. Four? Yes. For what? I robbed the church a church poor box. <laughs> uh... Me and my mate, Chrissy Curtis. Uh... It lasted at school. Uh, went in a the church. They'd, nothing was locked up then. Went in a church. We took all the rosary beads and a poor box. And Gold Bill were called. Uh, and he said, What are you doing? I said, I'm poor. I took the poor box. <laughs> <laughs> it. It, it was, it was, it, it was no, no, you know, you don't know. It's just the way you was. Yeah. You know? And uh, then I had to be a, because I, I started that school, I had to be a, an altar boy as me penance all the time I was there.
1: Yeah. Did you dodge the priest's?
2: Yeah, well, not what I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 blanked, I've blanked that bit out of my
1: life. Yeah, um, I was not old vibe. Didn't last long. I didn't, I didn't like the vibe. No, was uh, I thought it was too sacrilegious to rob the the box though
2: <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, no, sorry, that's what, Yeah, that, that that was the first time I Was at, Then I got arrested for shoplifting. Uh, uh, I believe it. I, uh, it was. I had a bag full of toys, and I got caught. Someone, I see some kid grass me up who was looking through the window uh, oh. in, in Debenhams and uh, all because I went back and I, I don't even remember do you remember Andrew's liver salts? Andrew's liver salt? I was 10 and I went, I went in because it's fizzy be like nice. Alka-Seltzer? Yeah, yeah Andrew's liver yeah. and I, I, I took the tin of that and nicked the tin of that and that's what got me caught cool. all because I like the fizziness of it <laughs>
1: Was that the kind of shoplifting where they just drive you home and tell your parents?
2: No, well, I got taken to the station and that. Mum mum called down. Mum was called down. Uh, yeah, got caution for that. Uh, and then I got uh, nicked for burglary. Uh, that went a call. I, I think I was yeah, 10, 11 then. <coughs> uh, that was with uh, a, a, a famous comedian's sons. Yeah, we all got caught and boom.
1: Were they putting you through the window having you open the doors and stuff because you were still so young
2: or? No, it just no, they just Well, stuck us in a cell or whatever. You know, to try to scare you a bit it not work, does it?
1: Yeah. So did you know a lot of people in there at that age? Were you still like the family name protected you? Nah. No. No, nah, no, not at all. Yeah. So was it intimidating for you?
2: Uh Everything. Life's intimidating, isn't it? It's, you know, yeah. doesn't matter, matter how confident you are. There's always something that's going to intimidate you. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's how you deal with it. How did you deal with it in young offenders? Uh, well, I've done a. I never, I never, I never done ball stall. I never done. Uh, 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 I was. I went straight into YP. Yeah. yeah. Uh, usually, you, you do the, 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 det- the detention centre and ball stall, but. For some reason, they they didn't want to send me there, so they just give uh, straight away YP. Yeah, uh, got twelve months YP first one. Uh, uh, Chelmsford, horrible place. Was it cells or
1: dorms? Uh, cells. Cells. Yeah, cells. How many in a cell?
2: Uh, at that time it was two. Two. Yeah, then uh, i, I, I got out, i got out from that. I went I went into Ashford remand, and uh, I had a bit of an incident with a cell mate. And then I just after that I was uh, banged up on my arm. What was the incident over? Uh, he kept shouting out the window, so I told him to shut the fuck up. Oh well, yeah, sort of yeah.
1: And then it escalated. Did did you um, have to go to so like a lockdown then? As like a punishment cell for that?
2: No, because I couldn't prove nothing, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but when I'm looking back now. I'll, I'll tell you off camera, babe, but I'm not gonna say nothing on camera because I don't want to incriminate myself. Yeah, of course. Did you make alliances with people in the... Uh Well, no, I made some, made some good friends. I'm still in contact with now. Yeah. You know, you know. As you, you feel go.
1: bonded for life, don't you, with people when you go in situations like that? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But uh, yeah, but then again, there's, the, <laughs> there's some people you, you see and there you never want to see again. Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially you say the, you feel bonded for life, but. Mm-hmm. i've
3: met people like oh, we'll definitely stay in touch we'll definitely stay in touch and from what i've noticed you never fucking do you just get out and get on with your life you know what I mean? mm.
1: some people want to put it behind them and some people at the gate that like yeah i'll stay in touch i'll send you some money on your box i'll send you some books to read and then you don't hear them so six months later when they're right back in for fucking yeah. drugs there, there is a range yeah so, like, in America, it's all racial gangs.
2: Yeah, so that's, that's frightening, that is.
1: Did you get... I mean, you look white. Did you get discriminated against because of the Maltese?
2: No, no. No. When I was, when I was a kid, because uh, my mum... They like, <laughs> see my mum, they just, like... I just get caught packing a little bit and whatever. Yeah. Uh, my, sister's, my sister's a lot darker than me, so... Yeah. yeah. But, no, it, race racism wasn't that bad. Yeah, it's right.
3: not even. Now even whites and blacks and everything sit together though.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, prison movies like Scum that we used to watch. It
2: was a bit like that back then. Uh, well, yeah. I well, say about it, but when 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 first it was all slopping out and it and what. Well, yeah, yeah.
3: It's nasty in it.
2: Yeah, you know having to piss in a pot and whatever, and then if 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 you was banged up with some some you got some dirty pig. I wanted to have it take a crap in a pot. That was it, and th- then you end up scrapping with him. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Did you miss the slopping
3: out? were you? in was it slopping out? No, well, I was there in ninety two slopping 92. out. Ninety well, two. Oh, did they tell you about this? Jesus, you're in a podcast there. Yeah. Ninety two. Yeah.
2: That's how. What's? He looks what, young. He looks young, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. I, well, sorry. I, I I earth. Uh, last time I was slopping out it was about 82, 83.
3: In Walton, when we went to Walton on my 21st birthday, it was on H-Wing, it was the introduction wing, and then they put me on a wing. And for three months, they had me on that wing, and it was a slop out, piss and shit in the bucket, but it was unwritten code. You didn't have a fucking shit, you know what I mean? Uh, Shower once a week. And then um, after that, they got some other wings out, B-Wing where it was more of a newer wing, and you'd go there and it was completely different, because you'd walk in, they'd have like their own shower and the toilet, and it was like an end suite all all-in-one type of thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And coming from Slop out was fucking brilliant.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's right. So I went to... Well, I went from... Where was it? From Chelmsford, slopping out. Yeah. To... Stayed up in Scrubs for a few days, slopping out. And then Glenparva, single cell, single cell, Toilet and sink in your cell, lovely. Yeah. Uh and it was it, it was one of the first prisons in the country to uh, like to have it like it was nice.
1: You can't get better than your own
2: cell, can you? Nah. Nah, nah. And then uh, so then no, nah, then yeah, then eighty four eighty five Rochester. You're still slopping out in Rochester. Uh and then off to Warren Hill, toilet and sink in your cell, single cells, nice.
3: You find some of the like the Cat B's and cat A's that's like the old school ones. Like Walton, Bellini at the time, they're all They were all slop outs, and then they, they, they changed. I did Ackleton, Morpeth. and literally, you might as well have had your own key there. They left the key in the fucking door. Lovely, nice greenery, right. nice grass, nice everything. Billets, It was nice, and then I went to uh, home house. Finished off at home house, Stott and Nantes, but um. Yeah, it was. I thought it, it had been. I thought it was hard at the time, but um, when I got me eight years in America and I did seven and a half out of eight, I was oh, fucking hell. Come back, Walton. I say, like,
2: most I got was eighteen months. Yeah, you know, and because because of time I only done eight months out of that. Yeah, you
3: did. Because
2: yeah, uh, I was a. Uh, I was on bail for one. I was on one, uh, and all the, all the all the can't remember how it work, but all the all the bail and everything, and all the time I spent on remand for for the other offence come off for of that offence. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, was, I was I got me a estate state release in Rochester, uh, I, and it was like a year down the line or whatever. And then when I got when I got into Warren Hill, I kept my mouth. I can't believe it. I think it was like, like uh, I, I was going to do like like seven eight months there. You know, it's like four, four months off of it, so I kept my mouth shut, thinking they're going to find out. They're going to find out, but
3: they opened the gate and let me out. If you sit on remand for six months, you end up, up You've actually done a twelve-month sentence, haven't you?
2: Well, yeah, but so it, it worked. I didn't realise at the time that it worked on both, like because I was on bail for one, uh, on bail one, and but putting in a remand for both offences because I breached me battle, I didn't realise that i came come off of that sentence, if you
3: understand. Ah, right, I just thought it was bail for one sentence, remand for one sentence, and it just a one. Mm. Ah. Being all right, then know what I mean. Mm. Two for one there then, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when you finished that first sentence, what was life like for you after that?
2: Well, yeah, well, finished, well I, I, I was out about a month, then I, I got out for Christmas, I think it was, and straight back in again, straight out of Christmas. And the same again the year after, so
1: just in and out, in and out. Yeah.
2: And uh, yeah, but then you realise this you know, it don't matter how, how young and stupid you are, you know, no, nobody can be that stupid that you're gonna keep, keep doing it, you know. If you if you wanna you know, I'd, lucky enough my dad my dad and my mum like, you know, had, had words with me and you know, so you know, I had some good people around me. You know. What advice did your dad give you? as I said to he said like get right, trade. trade go to work yeah
1: good advice yeah so what was the year you went in and what
2: was the final year you came out oh I've done not, not in 82 I've done a sentence in 82 83 and 84 84 and got out in 85 so did
1: the prisons you described how you went down to um, a single cell by the end and um, in your head were you thinking right this isn't the lifestyle for me
2: well, as soon as soon as you go in there, you you, you realize it ain't a lifestyle for you. But uh, yeah. you know, you, you you shut off, and then you just get on with you. Forget about everything else. You forget about the outside. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm 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 not I'm not a criminal. You know, I, I don't like prison. I don't glamorize but Prison's, you know, is I don't know what it's like now. But you know, I went to visit. I went to visit my nephew. Uh, he was on remand, and uh, I said about like. Sticking up shooting shirt He said I don't want to come out I don't want bow Because I lose me I lose me uh, PlayStation privileges Or whatever You know
3: they got it like A hotel now It's like I mean they're, they're, You know They could be fucking Not getting much food On the streets But now They're, they're, they're guaranteed Three hots and a cot huh. And they've got the PlayStation you know, just fuck
2: Yeah but it's, I, I, I see where he's coming from Because he, he, he would have been out Like for two, three, four weeks And then he's got to Go back in again You know yeah. I, I understand I understand that part of it you know, but now they've got tellies and when I was it, you never had a phone. You never had a phone, a lot like, on a landing or whatever lot they got now. You know, you had, you had none of that. So, you know, the only the only way you kept in contact with your family was you got one letter a week, and then then you had to buy the rest. You know, you had <laughs> your half ounce or quarter ounce as a bagger.
1: So, what was life like for you then, into in your twenties?
2: Uh, it was hard. You know, just went to work, bought a house.
0: according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. That's indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
1: When your dad visited you in the prison, did like word spread throughout the prisoners that he was there, like visitation
2: and stuff? Yeah, uh, I, I can't honestly can't remember, Sean. Yeah, yeah. I just can't remember. Yeah. Now, where the. Uh... a... Uh, he, he, I can't remember what year it was, but uh, he was he was away for a uh, he, he, he bit of road rage. You some fella, and uh, I was at the same time. We managed to get a prison visit. Uh, so yeah, they took me down to the scrubs. I see him and just, just die out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, how is life for you now?
2: Oh, it's all right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Enjoy, enjoying life. That yeah. this coronavirus thing, that's a bit of a bit of an obstacle at the minute. But yeah, you know. I think it's as good as gone now, me. Well, it's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to put more comments on it. I'll, I'll, I'll come through with some kind of nut nut.
3: <laughs> oh, I've heard type of comment. I've heard, it's a government conspiracy, right down to everything. It's like you know, but
2: yeah, I, I, I think it's, it, it is lack of face now for the, for the government because. We got through the worst of it. We got through everything and now they want you to wear a mask after everything else. They don't know what the fuck
3: they're on f- about. They, at nah. they, they, they first said you don't need a mask, the mask's all good anyway, it won't do nothing at all. And then it was like two metres, and now it's one metre put, put your mask on. And then it's like, I mean fucking hell, you see the like people at the nightclubs, these younger oh. people now, there ain't no social distancing and fuck all you um, know what, what
2: I mean. Was it you can you can only have six six people in your house now? Right? But you can you, get, you you can have six people in your house, but then you can go down a pub and have, have a beer with another five people. Yeah. yeah. Then then down the down a nightclub with another six people or five people and have a beer with them. So you now you've been in contact with like 15, a lot like fifteen, eighteen people. You know.
1: The world's gone mad. How did you hook up with Jamie Boyle?
2: Uh through Facebook basically. Through Facebook. Yeah. Oh, Jamie's a nice fella. I've got a lot of time with Jamie. Yeah. Uh, he's taken a lot of stick from a lot of jealous people, basically. But yeah, everyone gets under that troll attack. Bullshit. No. Yeah, yeah. It. But he says he's, he's got thick skin, so Good.
3: A lot of good lads down there. I like Steve Rave too.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're working with both Jamie and yeah. Steve Rafe on various projects, and they've both been
2: on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I've met Steve a few times.
1: Yeah. So is there anything you'd like to say to the people watching this? We've got like a lot of young viewers who, um, you know, they're tempted into crime and stuff like that. We like to have have a social message to people watching this not to go down these roads. Yeah, no,
2: yeah. It, it crime's a mugs game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. It, you, can't, you can't get away with nothing now, you know, yeah. uh, unless you're clever with a computer. And I, I don't recommend that either. But
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. I think it I mean, I was going to say, yeah, uh, I mean, there's no point. It's like, I used to love... Growing up, I used to like love the football violence and all that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but as soon as the CCTV cameras come up and everything, it's a fucking mug game. Mm. You can't, you can't do anything, anything. And these people with phones too. you yeah. You can get into a beef with someone, and someone's like that. Hey, look at that over there. Fucking hell! They just got you nicked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big yeah. shout out to Brad Cockrell, by the way.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like cameras and. And whatever, you can't get away with nothing. No, though. you can't get away with nothing uh, now. I think
3: always at the time I used to think you'd hear people doing white collar crime and you thought, well, if it was intelligent enough, that's what it would do. No, you you made a couple of million. Yeah. And you're fucking you're getting out to that as well. Yeah. I would never do anything like that
2: though. Yeah. There, ain't, there ain't no honour no more though, is it? There ain't no honour. No, there, ain't there no honor. used to be no. you know. Everyone used to have manners and whatever. Uh but now if someone gets pulled in by the elbow they're giving names out left right and center. fucking
3: heroin addicts they'll just you know, fucking yeah. sing for three and you get the, the sentence
1: knocked off again a lot of it's to do with the war on drugs isn't it they just want to, it's like a fucking pyramid scheme for the police gonna get, this guy, get this, guy, this guy this guy this guy this guy
3: we had a we had a, a, a copper on the other day and he, he was actually saying it was true he was saying that, you know you'd fucking you'd tease him with a bag of heroin you'd get her what you want and back back in the day you'd, you'd let him have a little bit and then making them fucking withdraw again and just get a few more. And he said, you end up getting like six months, 12 months worth of burglaries all over and then they've admitted to fucking everything. <laughs> you no know <what> I
1: mean? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Are there any stories um, that you think you might have left out of this interview that you want to say or anything you'd like to say before we finish? He wants to keep it for his book. No,
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, well, the biggest story is today that I got up at half past five and drove down there and I'm shattered. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done the afternoon shift. I then, then I won't be so tired. What was it
3: like uh, driving? Was it, it's a lot, see a lot of people with the Corvette, or is it?
2: Is there still a lot no, of people but, out? No, but was, the roads were busy. Yeah, yeah. But mind you, coming into Manchester, it's always busy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, coming through like that, that M sixty two. You know, I think the best way is the road out of it, isn't it? Back, you know, back to Lincolnshire for me. Yeah. Lincolnshire. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, got a nice little farm down there. So it's quite there, yeah. It's lovely, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. What are they famous for, Lincolnshire? Sausages, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, and cheese. Cabbages, mainly. Cabbage? Yeah, loads of
2: cabbages, where I Jesus.
3: I don't mind cabbage, me cabbage, some spots. And sausage, yeah, sausage. you've got
2: Lincolnshire sausages in there. Uh,
3: yeah. I watch a show called Hurry Bakers, and they go around everywhere. Yeah. And they were out of not long ago. They do like all the local recipes, they do the So when you say you got a farm, is it an active farm? With cows well, and it, pigs I've it?
2: got it, I've got it down I've got it to grass now. It's only, it's only twelve acres. I've got I've got chickens and whatever. Uh
3: it means grass, the green
2: kind. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> not the cannabis kind. Yeah, it's not the cannabis kind. <laughs> the things the cows yeah, they, eat. Yeah, no, it's just yeah. No, say so with uh, we building stables. Uh, they're going to do it as a livery yard, that sort of thing.
3: Wow. Well, well. Yeah. Sure. They make a lot of money. With, like the old, um, like the old stables and all, of, like all the sandstone buildings. were are paying out to convert them into like. Yuppie flats and you get a fucking right. hell of a lot of fucking money
2: for them, You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been I've been up there since two thousand and one, uh, and it was the best thing I ever done. Getting away from that rat race, uh, down south. You know, and I hate to say it, but the, the, the actual people are lovely. Like, for, <laughs> as soon as you get past Watford, like, the, yeah, the, the attitudes change. People are nice.
3: So you had um, like, like a little local booze you go to and you settled well, in there. it's
2: funny because uh, when I moved up there, me and my son, we walked, uh, walked around the corner to the local pub and uh, I knew the fellow behind the bar. He used to have yeah. West Down Working Man's Club. And there was a few other people that, like who I knew up there and that so it, you know
3: Small world, isn't it? Anyway? Yeah,
2: we yeah you get up there to get out of the way of things and then...
1: Yeah.
2: yeah but they'd all done the same thing. They'd all gone up there to get out of the way.
1: It's a healthier way of life, isn't it? Yeah. He, he calls me the robot because I'm always like working at a fast pace. He says, I need to go out to Wales and just having like a nice holiday in the in the countryside. Oh. Yeah, other no. places available, it's lakes.
2: Yeah, No, that's, that's all I do. I just, I just love going on holiday now. I yeah. work, go work, going on holiday. Something to work
1: for, isn't it? Yeah. What's your favourite over place overseas places to go on holiday? Well,
2: I got I got a place in Malta. Well, what I go to quite a bit. Well, I'm supposed to be going. It's supposed to be there. Two, three times already the last couple of months, but it's been cancelled because of this COVID thing. So, yeah. I'm usually out there all summer, but, uh, you know, obviously this year's different. How hot does it get in the summer there? Oh, God. Well, 34, 35, 36. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice,
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
2: Long long as you can keep your beer cold. <laughs> 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 What's the local beer they have there? Uh, Chisk. 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 It's uh, that's that's yeah, but you can you obviously get English beers in it. There,
3: but, yeah, you know that's my favorite. Yeah, I always go wherever I'm going. I'll drink. There, I mean, there's no point wherever you go and say, oh, I'll have a yeah, Carlin. Um, yeah, I'll have a Carlin <laughs> or I'll have a whatever an English beer. Stella, that's why I know it's not English, but like oh yeah, but no, all I, the I, lads like drinking. Yeah,
2: like, I, I don't, I want a bit of Stella. Was,
3: no. I used to like Newcastle brown ale. It's not even that strong, but it seems to get you drunk. No, it was
2: just, so, I was Guinness, I, I like Guinness, but you can't... Yeah. You, you've got to pay for the nose for Guinness uh, uh, in Malta, but over here, that's all I drink. Guinness, like, you know, lovely. Guinness.
3: Even some of the poncy places down south, now they'll put like a fucking shamrock on it, but charge you the tenner for a fucking yeah. pint. I'd rather have one without
2: the shamrock for a fiver, please. Do you know what I mean? Mind <laughs> you, I nearly, I nearly fell out. Like I, went, I went downstairs, got a coffee downstairs. Uh, nice girl in there, damn it, lovely coffee. But I looked at the menu £10 for a full English breakfast.
3: The organic here? Yeah. And I was saying he thinks it's cheap. We went in there the other day and I paid £10, £2 for a can of Coca Cola. Organic Coke, I don't give a fuck what it is, do you know what I mean? Coke. It's a can of fucking Coke, two quid.
1: It'd be five to ten down south.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'd go fucking Aldi, get a fucking pack of 24.
1: Your yeah. beard in Arizona, wasn't that the snake?
3: Uh, King Cobra. <laughs> King Cobra in Old English in Arizona, yeah.
1: It was almost 50 degrees, but you managed to keep that cool, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, had to,
3: didn't you? <laughs> and then when I lived in Mexico, it was Dos Equis.
2: How long How long was you out there for? I was in, well, not, not including
1: prison years. Oh, in America? Yeah. Um, how long was that? Last? He was <laughs> deported three times for being a menace to society, and... Um, we kept smuggling him back in through like Canada and Mexico. Oh, yeah. I was sending like Mission Impossible style teams, <laughs> people around the world to bring him back. Um over the time so there was the first visit was so many months that he lasted. That's the one where he ended up just living under a tree with a Rambo knife and a baseball bat with the woman who was t- who the pussy. All right, the same about Ooh. me. <laughs> <laughs> so he went on the rampage, like going through restaurants and just leaving without paying, so he ended up getting nicked and sent back for that one. And then it was about two two years or so, I think, before he actually came back for the next one, which lasted a little bit longer. And then there was a third one, and then he, he went down to Mexico, came back from that. They were all so many months because they were just... No, it was longer than months, lah. Over time it was years, but, Fucking like. Fucking exaggerating again. It always makes me out of the
3: enemy. <laughs> I wouldn't be getting deported if it wasn't this arsehole.
2: <laughs> that's what friends are for.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I was a stockbroker settled down. Come down, man. a normal life. I need a hand, I need, I need you back in the country as soon as possible. You see, okay. that's.
2: I, 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 find that, I find that intriguing, like you like I say, you had. Like a really good career as a stockbroker, yeah, and uh, and, the, and the way you fell into drugs and whatever, yeah, uh, what, what what I read dealing and whatever, yeah, but then get in prison time, yeah. Now, coming from like obviously because you you've obviously come, grew up, brought up pretty reasonably well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, You know, and then all of a sudden, just well, world's turned upside down, just like that. What would what what, what, what what is it? The glamour of was it the glamour of like crime and, and that different lifestyle?
1: No fucking emotional maturity whatsoever. Seen the movies, seen the videos. I've come from witness, you know, chemical manufactured yeah. tower, didn't have any money. In my 20s, all of a sudden I've got a lot of money. Just goes straight to my head. I start throwing raves now with this money, because the rave scene had a big influence mm. on me in this country. That's how it started, throwing raves in the beginning it was just like house parties and I'm just showing off because I've got the most money giving the drugs away then I start to see like the business potential of it thinking right I could go in, I've got to be in the office at six in the morning do you want to be working all these hours i could just start making money from the party scene so greed emotional immaturity just wanting to just get high with my mates all the time not thinking about the harm I'm causing society mm. not thinking about the nervous breakdown my mum's going to have you know she's flying 5,000 miles to visit me in jail, oh, I mean yeah. to stand outside in the heat, in the de- Sonoran Desert heat. And um, the guards, you know, they're just bringing sniffer dogs up to you and, you know, patting you down and all this stuff. And she sat there in the visitation room first time and I just see the broken look on her face. You don't think any of that when you're actually doing the drugs.
3: and oh, all that, doesn't like, it? Absolutely absolutely you actually horrible. think you're above the law, you know yeah. what I mean?
2: Well, we're, we're basically, we're all selfish, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I remember my mum coming. We've busy, likes like Sammy
3: the Ball. Oh, yeah. These are all like fucking great, you know, you... fucking Italian
2: gangsters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, say so you don't, you don't consider like people. No, you don't think. Yeah, no, you, you don't. don't. No, you,
1: you're selfish. Did it break your heart when your mum came to visit you?
2: Uh, well, yeah, of course it did. Yeah, 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 and my wife. You know, so.
1: yeah.
3: Your mum would have been used to it, too. I suppose was with your dad.
2: I think
3: it's different with your siblings, uh, with your children. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's it's a different.
2: I it's said, the last place she wanted you to go down that same path, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, but <laughs> I know, I know she went through it with my dad, and uh, and I was part of a product of her environment. You yeah. Know, but, uh, but basically, you know, you, you don't realize what harm you're doing to your my, like my my children. they're completely completely different way I grew up. Yeah. yeah. You know because. Uh, I've got the experience in life to uh, to bring them up now. That's good. And that's not good. to bring them up, I should say. You know, so.
1: so that's one of the messages we try and get across to the young people. Think about your mum and your family members and your well, loved yeah, ones. Of course, yeah. yeah, It's not all glitz yeah. and glamour.
2: It ain't, and it ain't all about you, is it? You know no, I mean? exactly. All right? If you want to pay a note, go and earn it. Yeah. You know? Instead of trying to take it. Because
1: if you've got a straight... Do you think it's fast money? But they take your money, the cops, everything, and then all those down years in prison,
2: if you had a trade, you could have made more money to start with. Yeah. Yeah. As I say now, they seize everything off your nerve, don't they? Oh, yeah. Civil asset forfeiture laws. Yeah. 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 If you ain't got a receipt for it, that's gone.
1: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. took your pension, everything. Yeah. Right. Any more final questions? No
3: I'm
2: looking forward to your book coming out I'll read the book yeah yeah Well, James doing all the hard work I'm just I'm just filling in the blanks that's the that's the best bit about it <laughs> he's going
1: to do the same for wild he's going to come up here spend three or four days and um get wild man's story out as a book as well you looking forward to that yeah I am yeah, yeah 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 all right so if you've watched this then like i said in uh before Gary's got the Facebook page. The link is in the description box below the video, as are links to the books. We're also going to put a general link down there as well to Jamie Boyle, he has been brilliant. He's arranged a lot of these interviews for us. My publishing company's doing the audio books now for a lot of these books as well. So, um, great guy. Um, look forward to you know more of the guests that he's going to be bringing on. If you've enjoyed this, please let us know what you think in the comments. Huge thank you to all the new subscribers. Subscription logos in the bottom right hand corner of the video. Huge thank you to people who've donated so we can produce these podcasts at this level in a studio, with cameramen, sound engineers, and stuff like that. And again, a huge thank you to Gary for coming all this way today and coming out. Yes, I nice yeah, yeah, really Gary. appreciate it. Yep, yeah, cheers.
3: And Jamie, one last thing um, Sean's just said that he's not doing any editing, editing no, more, so we won't be editing what we do. So it's, we've got a free reign. Did you say you're not editing right well?
1: Of course, not, There's no legal read or anything. You've got full licence. to just go completely uncensored. Thank you. <laughs> Good <day>, hour, <laughs> <lad.
4: laughs>
1: Cheers. Take care. Thank you for watching. Cheers. Bye.